0: Robertson. Travis, welcome to the Ward family. And to get us started here, uh, where did life begin for you? Where did you grow up?
1: So I grew up in Orem, Utah. And that's basically where I spent almost all my childhood, just a little bit south of Salt Lake City. Went to school there through elementary school, high school. So yeah, that was my home for my, for my early years was, uh, was Orem, Utah.
0: Okay. And big family, small family?
1: Six people in my family. I had an older sister and uh, two younger brothers.
0: And as you were growing up, were there certain subjects that you really enjoyed in school or activities that you liked to do kind of outside of school? I actually really enjoyed
1: school growing up. It was one of those things that uh, my parents kind of taught me from an early age to find enjoyment in, in studies, and so I really got into science, social sciences, really enjoyed art, and continued to do that a lot through high school. It's kind of like my extracurriculars was involved in a lot of the fine arts, painting, drawing, that type of stuff. Um, outside of school did a lot of outdoors activities my dad liked to go mountain biking so I'd go mountain biking up in the hills um, uh, with him and he got me to really appreciate the the beauty of the of the Wasatch mountains that I grew up around there in Utah so spent a lot of time uh, on the weekends um, going hiking mountain biking um, as I go Got older, you know. In high school, there were a few times that uh, we'd go out with like my friends on the on the weekends, do like little camping trips with uh, with people. So, you know, mix of like you know outdoor activities. Like I mentioned before, I really like to do you know art, drawing, you know that type of stuff. Um, also played sports. I hurt my knees when I was in junior high, and that kind of ended my involvement in sports. But up until then, I did basketball and soccer. Um, as far as like. You know more physical type of activities
0: and as you were growing up and stuff were there any particular experiences that kind of stand out in your memory in terms of being particularly important or kind of formative at the time for me i think a lot of it was
1: just the people that i interacted with um, when i was young i have friends that i met when i was six seven eight years old that i'm still like really good friends with today And continue to you know regularly be in contact with um, one one group of friends where probably my my best friend growing up met him when I was eight years old we've continued to stay really good friends and every single year me and him and a group of other people that we became friends with in elementary school junior high and high school kind of like that core group of friends get together every single year for a camp out every single summer and that's something that we've continued and so for me, like growing up, just that just like that group of people that I had that I felt I feel had a you know really strong influence on my life and in a positive manner influenced like the like who I am today. I feel that apart from my family, it's those um, you know a few friends that I made early on and continue to stay really close friends with that probably had the biggest influence on me.
0: And were you a member of the church growing up? Or I was. That, yes. Anything there in terms of either the primary or youth years in terms of as you think about you know, building a testimony or just
1: faith in general. Yeah, I, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. You know, these a lot of these people that I've continued to stay really good friends with and are some of my closest acquaintances were people that I met, you know, at that age. And just having other, you know, really good people around me who were, you know, kind people who just like kind of modeled their life and wanted to be Christ-like and wanted to be like good people. And when you're surrounded by people like that, it makes it a whole lot easier in order to, Follow the gospel and to be able to not get into trouble and, <laughs> and and that type of thing.
0: And so it sounds like you grew up entirely there in Orem. And then, so what kind of came next after that? Did you go off to college or did you, something in between? After high
1: school, I enrolled in uh, college at BYU and did a couple semesters there. Um, and then after that, I went on a mission to Japan, the Sapporo, Japan mission. Came back and went, went back to BYU. I did a dual major in Japanese and international relations. I uh, wanted to just continue to study the language and felt that that was a great opportunity for me to do that. And then international relations was just something that I'd really found classes that I took in high school that were related to government, social sciences, that type of thing to be interesting. So I thought that that'd be kind of something that I could look into to continue to stay that type of thing I at first I thought I wanted to do government work and then I talked to people who were doing government work and decided I didn't want to do that things changed from there and I ended up deciding to pursue a uh, career in law um, instead which is what I'm doing now I met my wife at BYU Uh, she was also an international relations major um, and she grew up in Japan and came to the United States to study that type of thing and also to learn English um, because she wanted to learn uh, a second language herself, felt that English was the, the obvious language in order to assist in those types of interests. And so we had a few classes together. We dated for a few years. And uh, before we got engaged and then uh, we ended up getting married the day after she graduated, actually. So that was a very busy week.
0: The place that you served, your mission, I'm not familiar with where that is in Japan. So is that a more rural type setting or is that a bigger city? uh, Yeah.
1: So, I mean... there aren't very many places in japan that are like super rural because it's a very you know it's a highly populated country and it's not that big but the area that i was is definitely one of the more rural areas Um, it's the northern island like it covers the entire northern island of japan and the largest city on that island is about the size of seattle so not a small city and i spent about half of my time in the city and about half of the time in some of the more rural areas um, of the island, so had to split between those
0: two. And what was that experience like? Were people generally pretty receptive to things, or or was it kind of a harder? I mean, I guess missions are always hard. Yeah, right? I I, I think, think sort of that no matter where you go,
1: you know, you're always going to have challenges. I don't think there's any 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 mission that you could say is an easy mission. You know, I, I don't think it exists because there's always going to be challenges. You can be and it's not just based off of the number of people that you're baptizing you can I, I think there's many missionaries that go to places and they baptize a lot of people but that doesn't necessarily i mean it doesn't mean at all that that mission was easy um so japan definitely not as high in number of baptisms as uh, as, as other places as culturally I would say that the people of Japan are not as receptive to religion in the way that we think about religion. Just like from a cultural perspective, religion is seen as more of a lifestyle choice rather than a belief system in a lot of ways. Um, most people in Japan consider themselves to be Buddhist, but that's more from a cultural perspective rather than a lot of people don't necessarily even really understand what the specific teachings of Buddhism are, and there's so many... Buddhism is one of those things where it's a religion that is very... I don't know how to put it. Like, there's, there's lots of different thoughts that people have on, on Buddhism, and the way that you decide to apply it to your life is your own personal thing. And so, a lot of people consider themselves to be Buddhists, but not necessarily active practicers of any religion. And because that's the way that they think about religion in a general sense, it's kind of hard for them to, in a lot of situations, for a lot of people to apply that to um, Christianity as well. They think Christianity in the same way. It's like, oh, it's, it's a lifestyle choice. And they don't necessarily think of it in the terms of, you know, this is the truth about how, you know, our existence and God's plan for us. Um, it, it's It can be a little bit of a mental disconnect uh, for a lot of people to think that... Uh, you know that that's your religion, and so that's God's plan for you. But God ha- may have a different plan for me, and those can coincide at the same time. So that was one of those things that was. It, it took a long time for me to gain an appreciation for that and, and understand where people were coming from, and it really kind of changed the way that um, you have a conversation with someone about about religion and. So I think that was one of the biggest challenges for me, was just coming from a very different different cultural mindset um, when it comes to just like what religion is as a baseline, like where you're starting from when you start to have these type of conversations with people. So that was always a challenge throughout the entire mission. But, you know, it was a wonderful experience. Got to meet all kinds of amazing people. The people of Japan are, are were absolutely wonderful. And even those that were not necessarily receptive to our message, in general, the people that we interact with were... You know, they're very kind, loving, wonderful
0: people. I'm just curious, uh, you mentioned that Japanese, in addition to international relations, was one of your majors and then having served there and now being married to someone who's originally from Japan. Are there certain parts of just the broader culture, language, history, you know, of that area that you've really kind of connected with? Yeah,
1: for me, I think the biggest thing is just living in another country, being around people who have different backgrounds, that think differently about various things from you. Um, I think that that is an asset. I mentioned earlier I grew up in in Utah, which is a very homogenous like society, and there isn't a lot of diversity in in culture and thought in a lot of ways. From a political perspective, from a from a cultural background, racial perspective, and getting outside of that and just being in an environment that was very different from that, I felt was very you know important for my growth of being able to understand that people can have different perspectives based off of their life experiences and made it so that it's much easier to empathize with other people and to understand other people's point of view when you've lived outside of like you know the environment that you grew up in It's also one of the things that I love about living here in the Bay Area, uh, that we have people from that have all kinds of different backgrounds that live here. It's uh, one of the reasons why, you know, we we like being out here. I I love uh, the opportunity to um, raise our children out here, to be around in that environment where they can interact with people that have, you know, different types of backgrounds, different types of belief systems, different experiences than themselves. Because having that, I think, you know, makes you a more... You know, whole whole
0: person. So you mentioned you got back from BYU. Um, you met your wife kind of along the way there while at BYU, and then you guys got married. Did you then immediately come out to the Bay Area, or what kind of happened next for the two of you? Yeah, we
1: stayed in Utah for a few years um, after that. Um, the plan was actually that I, I'd applied to law school and was going to be going to law school that fall. And then an opportunity came up for me to take on a, a job to work in the legal profession in a way that I felt would give me some good experience that would help me get into, like, kind of direct my career in a direction that, uh, that I wanted to go. So I ended up postponing law school for a couple years. Um, so we stayed in Utah for uh, a couple years and then moved out here here in 2012 for me to go to grad school
0: and what type of law did you ultimately choose to pursue or or what type of law are you now practicing i guess and what kind of drew you towards that yeah so i'd always been been interested
1: in in like technology and so was really interested in trying to build a career around that intersection between technology and law So I had a chance to work in the legal department at Adobe before going to law school. And so was able to come out here, studied a lot of that type of stuff, and now I work primarily with startups on the transactional side of the law, so I work um, I, don't, I don't go to court, I don't you know, get involved with litigation, any of that type of stuff. Most of the stuff that I do is, is more of an advisory type of role where I work with small businesses and guide them through the legal aspect of creating their business, growing their business and dealing with various legal issues that they come across as, they, as their business grows and they, they're interacting with, with other businesses helping them put together contracts uh, handle their um, employment matters fundraising and then as they get large enough prepared to go public or to sell their company off to a larger company so that's the majority of what I do for my job
0: so you mentioned moving out here in 2012 so kids came along after you arrived that's here in the Bay Area yeah. okay yeah. And so you... they're currently
1: now three and six
0: what was that transition like in terms of you know, becoming parents and, and all of that.
1: Obviously, a challenge, but uh, something that you know we we wanted to ha- to have children. We're excited to um, to be able to you know have a family and raise a family out here. It's been an adventure, and it's been a lot of fun.
0: And what kinds of stuff do you guys enjoy doing as a family?
1: We spend the time together as a family as much as we're able to. That's actually been one of the the benefits, I guess you could say, that came out of COVID was uh, this transition to a work from home environment with my job has allowed me to spend more time with my family so I'm not working up in the city and having to deal with a commute which means that I can you know, spend time with the family and have, have dinner with them every night. That's been one of the few things that uh, uh, positive that came out of uh, that uh, pandemic period, but uh, we we like to go out and and do things as a family on the weekends, especially. Um, we've taken advantage of the the outdoors that we have around here to go up in the hills and have a picnic, or to you know go out to the beach and, and spend time together out there. Try to find uh, various activities to do that uh, that keep the the kids entertained, and uh, luckily with where we live out here, there's a there's plenty of activities, whether it be children's museums or zoos and other things like that that we like to do a lot as a family.
0: So your family is is still here, mostly in the western states, right?
1: My older sister uh, lives down in Southern California, and of my two younger brothers, the older of the two actually just recently moved out to Illinois, but until earlier this year everyone else lived in the utah area
0: and then is your wife's family still in japan that's correct yeah okay so have do you guys get back to japan yeah we go back we've been trying
1: to go back about once every other year or so every two to three years i think is probably what we've been able to do so far and we'll try to continue to do that going forward.
0: Do the kids speak any Japanese at all? Or do you, do you speak that at all in the home? Or is it just exclusively English?
1: Yeah you know, We speak both Japanese and English. And Akio, our older child, is actually going to a school out here that is a bilingual school that's both English and Japanese. And uh, Maya will be uh, going into uh, uh, preschool um, but a preschool that's offered by the same school. So she'll be doing her uh, preschool, like bilingual as well. So hopefully as they continue to grow, we, we'd like for them to uh, develop both of those languages, be able to speak both of them. Um, the biggest thing for us was for them to have a cord of understanding Japanese for them to be able to communicate with my wife's side of the family who don't speak much in the way of English. So that was the goal there
0: as parents are there certain things that that you've tried to focus on together in terms of as you've been raising your kids either you know certain types of values or things like that you know you you talked about with your own dad like kind of going out into nature and having a lot of experiences mountain biking and things like that are there certain types of things that between you and your wife that you've tried to focus on or kind of instill in your kids? Yeah, I mean, they're they're both young,
1: and so they're both like trying to learn about the things that they like, that we've encouraged them in order to explore various things, various activities, and find things that, that resonate with them. So we're not trying to push Uh, anything specifically on them to get them to do specific sports or to do like certain types of activities because it was something that we did but to give them an opportunity to to experience those types of things and decide for themselves you know what it is that they enjoy and uh, So that, that's kind of been our, our goal, and as they grow older, I'm sure that they will, you know, continue to develop a, uh, those, those preferences and find, you know, what types of activities really resonate with them or what they really enjoy doing, and we would like to be able to um, allow them to embrace that and to support them in, in, in those types of things.
0: And then maybe just like one last question. So you and I serve together as Sunbeam teachers, and your daughter's kind of in our class uh, we've been doing that for maybe six months at this point, you know, how would you, uh, how would you kind of characterize that experience? And you know, has that, how has that maybe intersected with things at home as well, like with your daughter or, you know, kind of another way?
1: I think it's actually been a lot of fun. I've spent a lot of time over, over the years in various callings in uh, nursery and in primary. And so I've always enjoyed, you know, interacting with the, with the kids. It can be a challenge at times in order to figure out how to teach the gospel in a way that younger kids can understand and keep them engaged. But in a lot of ways, I felt that that's been something that has actually helped me with my understanding of the gospel because, I mean, it's been said, and it's not just in things related to to church, but being able to gain an understanding so that you can distill it down to its absolute core in a way that you can explain it to a five-year-old is you know something that's necessary to really gain an understanding of any of any topic in a lot of ways. And so having on a week to week basis trying to figure out like how do you teach the concept of prayer or forgiveness or something like that to a five year old really forces you to really focus on those absolute basic principles of the gospel. And a lot of times you know I feel that's what I need as a person. And so it's been a great experience for me just in my various callings that I've had in, in primary in order to do that because it's uh, you know it just it helps you really you know focus on what's really important because the plan of salvation when you like distill it down to its core is not that complex uh, of a thing and sometimes it's easy to get kind of caught up on the details and forget about the core message of the gospel which is you know the love of of our heavenly Father for us, uh, and the atonement, and, and focusing on just those uh, core aspects of the of the gospel when you teach a lesson to to children is a lot of times more. Impactful than the more complex lessons that uh, we might have in Sunday school um, in, 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 in a lot of ways. So that's been something that's been very helpful for me. And then, you know, it's just something that is, it's been nice to be able to spend time with my own kid here in, in, in primary and to be able to share some of these kind of experiences with her and see her little by little uh, gaining some more uh, understanding. Of, of the gospel and her relationship with Jesus, and uh, I think that
0: it's, uh, it's been great. That's cool. Well, I really appreciated just, like, the energy and creativity that you brought to our class and a lot of the activities that we've done. So um, I, I feel like the kids have really benefited a lot from that. Um, so just as we're, you know, wrapping up here, are there, are there any things that we missed in terms of getting a kind of well-rounded view of you kind of as a person or your background or people getting to know you th- a bit or?
1: Mm, nothing else that I can think of in particular. All right,
0: well, cool. Well, as people have been listening to this, if any of this has kind of piqued your interest or there's other questions that you have for Travis, please come say hi to him and, and introduce yourself and uh, just, you know, thank you for being a part of our board family and just everything that you do. So thanks again for being a part of this. Thank Thank you. you.